Welcome to the Restoration Church Weekly Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Man, my kid said he has Riz. If you don't know what that is, he's got it. You can ask him about it. Um, Sorry, I can't get the clip on. I don't know all the words they say, these boys nowadays, but Riz is something I guess a guy wants to have, so he's got it. Um, I I don't even know that I have stories of him, um, but I, I did try to make him nervous last night saying it was my turn to share all the good things. Um, But I'm honored to be in ministry with him and honored to be a part of this church and I'm honored um, to be married to him. It's truly a great, great thing. And I'm not just saying that because I don't have to. Um, I can say whatever I want. I have the microphone. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, it's just an honor to be here, an honor to speak, an honor um, to be a part of this church and be in community with all of you guys. Um, But this morning... I want to talk to you about being truly known, authentically and truly known by God, by your community, and by yourself. And I think that idea scares us. I think we all want to be authentic, but the idea of being truly known is scary for most people, unless you've had lots of therapy and whatever, maybe not. Um, But authentic definition is genuine, honest, and real. An authentic person is someone who is comfortable in their skin and doesn't feel the need to put on a front to fit in and to be accepted by others. An authentic person isn't hiding or pretending to be people we aren't. They don't have a mask on. They are the same people at home as they are at work, at church, and in private in a social setting. It is someone who stands up for their beliefs and values, even in the face of opposition. You acknowledge your feelings. You express your opinions. You are not defined by external validation. You practice active listening, and you own your own mistakes. And as I read that, as I'm reading that today, you're like, that sounds really nice. Or I wish I could be that but. Or maybe even some of you are saying this morning, I am that. I am confident. I don't let anyone tell me what to do. And that is not the confidence I'm talking about or the authentic living that I'm talking about. Um, And so the struggle for us is real, right? Like, There's not very many people in my world that I can think of that are just like wildly authentic, right? All of us have some sort of barrier or something up or when we're home, um, maybe we cry, but when we're in public, we're just cheery and jolly. We all have this internal struggle that we struggle with all the time. And that might be, um, for you, it might be insecurities, you dismiss your own feelings. Or my personal favorite is when people are their own personal narcissist, right? Where we tell ourselves, don't tell anybody about that because if you do, you won't be able to do X, Y, Z. Don't tell people about that because people won't be friends with you. And we gaslight ourselves into staying in the position that we're in currently. So I, the question is why? Why are we that way when we know it's not the way to be? And I think, why aren't we authentic? Why? Do we hide behind a mask? Um, And why do we put people above God's command in our life? And I think usually it's because of shame, guilt, pride, wanting to be respected, wanting to be known, wanting to be 
um, accepted by others. And the list continues, right? I could go for like 20 minutes why we do this, why we aren't authentic, why we aren't open and honest with our community. But all of them hopefully will be resolved today. I didn't know where to go with that. Um, <laughs> let's turn, I'm gonna tell you about a story in Luke um, 12, one through seven, and we're gonna break it up into three sections. And in this story, it's a time when Jesus had a large crowd gathering him. And it talks about the people were like hurting each other to get to him. And they were just like all over the place. And his disciples were there with them. And the mother of boys and me, if I were Jesus, would have been like, guys, settle down. Keep your body parts to yourself. And right, I would have, I would have been instantly at the people, right? I, like even, I don't know. That's the only way I know how to parent these four wonderful children. You know, get in place, wait in line, wait your turn, right? We all get it if we have kids. But he didn't address the crowd. He addressed his disciples who followed him every day. He addressed them, and so in 12, one through three, it says, by this time the crowd, unwieldy and stepping on each other's toes, numbered into the thousands. But Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, watch yourself carefully so you don't get contaminated by Pharisee yeast, Pharisee phoniness. You can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you will be exposed. You can't behind, hide behind a religious mask. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day's coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. In this scripture, right, he's basically, Jesus is saying to his disciples, don't be like these people, right, the Pharisees who are preaching one thing but doing another thing. Or don't be like these Pharisees and these people who are wearing a mask and hiding, them true, hiding their true selves and serving me. Because sooner or later, that mask is gonna come off. Sooner or later, you're going to be known. And um, he said in that scripture, which I found interesting, and when I was doing research about it, he said, don't be like Pharisee yeast. And if you don't know what yeast is, it's you know, a chemical, I think, essentially, that like, you put in, and it makes bread, and it grows. You put it into your ingredients, and then over time, it gets bigger and bigger, unless you're like me and can't really cook, and it doesn't do anything. But for real people, um, the yeast grows and grows and grows, and it grows into a large bread, right? Usually is what it is gonna come out to be. And Jesus was saying, when you're like that, it spreads, it grows, it goes, and it destroys not only you, but the people around you. And so who you are right now might not be the person that you want it to be. It might, you might be a person struggling with anger or depression. You might be a person struggling with addictions. You might be a person who is struggling with gambling or alcoholism, video games. You might be a person who yells a lot. You might be a person who flipped someone off on your way to church today. I know none of you did that, but you might. Um, you might be someone who struggles with stealing, or really you might be that phony Pharisee, right? Preaching one thing, but being something else at home. Coming to church and being one person, but going to work, and they have no idea that you're even a Christian. It's, um, yeah, we all have that thing, right, in us that we're struggling with, that we wanna keep hidden, that we wanna keep close and protected, because if people find out, that would be like really bad 
in our heads usually. Um, we all have things that we're gonna work through. We all have things that we cover up, but they lead to destruction. Like Jesus says in Luke, it spreads like yeast and it leads to our destruction. It hurts other people. It destroys families and it gives a bad name to Jesus. In Colossians 3, 9 through 10, it says, don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. We have to be honest here in this building, honest in our circle groups. We have to be honest with other believers because without honesty, it will destroy and it will never get to our true selves. That thing is covering up our true selves. We aren't what we do, we are who God created us to be. And so when we're covering it up, we're never getting to the true person that God created. We're never truly known for who we are. As we take off that mask, God changes you. As we take off that mask, God can reveal to the world who you really are, but not in a way that you're thinking, not in a condemning way, but in a way that he created you to be. And so our next point is, what are we afraid of? What is keeping us from being truly authentic and being open about our struggles and the things that we face every day? And this story will continue on in Luke 12, four through five. As I'm speaking to you as my dear friends, don't be bluffed into silence or insecurity by the threats of religious bullies. True, they can kill you. And then what can they do? There is nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, body and soul in his hands. In this portion of scripture, Jesus is talking He's saying, don't be like the Pharisees who fears man more than God. Don't be like the Pharisees who are worried about what the community thinks of them and not what I think of them. And I know so often we think of, um, we think of God as a loving God because he is. But sometimes we get so stuck on that he's loving that we forget his commands and we forget what he says. We forget that he's two-part. He's both loving and someone that we should fear. Not in a way of, because we fear people from trauma, but a way that um, and we have a reverence towards him, that we understand his commands have purpose and meaning and we're going to follow them, right? It's like my kids, um, when they want, when they are thinking about doing something that's against our rules, right? They're kind of weighing that out, right? They know that I have their best interests for them until they're teenagers, just kidding. Uh, they know that I have their best interest for them, right? I wanna keep them safe. I want them to not run into the road because they're gonna get hit. They have a fear of doing whatever the thing is that I'm saying not to do because on the other side, it's probably not good for them. And so that's the fear I'm talking about. I'm not saying a fear of God where we can't come to him or we're afraid of what he's gonna say to us, but a fear of him that we believe him, we follow his commands. And so... In this scripture, he's telling them to not put, to not, um, to not be so worried about being known by man. So we need to put our desires aside to be known by man who will come and go, but to fear the God who decides our fate, right? In the scriptures, he's saying, why are you fearing man? Sure, they can kill you, which sounds horrific, but what, what are you, why are you more afraid of them than me who decides where your soul goes? And so I always think of this because um, there's people around the world being condemned every day. And sometimes I struggle to even say 
um, I go to church, right? It was like some of us struggle to say we go to church. And so I found this last night in um, this fact about persecution, and it says in the past year, 360 million Christians, or one in seven believers around the world, suffered significant persecution for their faith. Every day in 2021, on average, more than 16 believers were killed for following Jesus. 16 people a day for just following Jesus. With close to 6,000 total martyrs in 2021, saw a 24% increase in Christians killed for their faith. And I'm not telling you to be authentically known means you have to go be killed for your faith. But what I am saying is when we go to work, that we're not hiding who we are. That when we go to work, we are who God created us to be. That when, um, that when we're home, we're the same person that we are at church and at work. That those things all come together and they're all the same. And we struggle to be authentic, right? Because we're afraid of people. We're afraid of what they're gonna say about us or what they think about us or their opinion of us or what it might mean for our future. Because um, sometimes our actions do have consequences and we are afraid of that and we hold on to it and hide it so we don't have to take that journey. Um, but so often we just care, right, about what the world thinks and we forget to remember what God thinks of us. God wants us to not be afraid of him, but he wants us to have a healthy fear of him. And so I know for me at work, um, I work both as a mental health clinician and as a school counselor. The school counselor, I fit in great. I look just like one of the students, pretty much get in trouble every year for not being in class. Um, my coworkers are usually horrified when I turn around because they're yelling at me for my hall pass. Uh, and so really there, I fit in just fine. Um, but in, in the mental health world, I don't fit in. My belief systems don't fit in. The way that I practice doesn't fit in. Um, the, the way that... Um, I might word things or say things are differently than the other clinicians that I work with, right? For example, some clinicians are like, follow your heart. That is the worst advice I could give somebody <laughs> because that's not what God's word says. Now, that doesn't always go over super well when I'm like, that's terrible advice. Their heart is so evil, <laughs> like, right? And then there's other bigger things that we don't agree on, that we don't see eye to eye on, but I am not afraid of the people that I work with. I am not afraid of the people that walk side by side with me doing the same work that I'm doing. I fear more my God and his truths and his word and leading his people to where he wants them to be led. And so that means that I go against the grain. That means that some clinicians don't recommend me, which is fine. But we all have that, right? We go to work and if you're in the construction field, I know it can be a little rough. I have some clients in the construction field and um, they'll tell me stories about their day and it's a whole different world in the construction field. And, I, and right, we go and we wanna fit in and so everyone else is swearing, so what do we do? We join in and we do that with them too because we don't wanna be the weird guy or maybe they're all going out for drinks after work but you know that's something God doesn't want for you and you begin to fear them and their thought of you and if you're a straight edge or if you're a Christian or you're whatever they call you, um, we, we put that above what God's called for us. Sometimes our boss might tell us we need to work on a Sunday 
And instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't work on a Sunday. I have to go to church. It's my first priority to be in community with my fellow believers. And we're like, yes, I can work, whatever you say, sir. Uh, because we fear more him and our paycheck than we do the God, the God who created us and called us. And so sometimes it's putting aside those fears and saying, God, I don't always understand what you're asking me to do. I'm not always sure it's what I want to do, but I know it's what your word says. And your word says it, so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna follow your commands, and I'm gonna do what you've called me to do. Because I fear you and not my fellow man. I think in this generation, it's really hard to um, not, not care what people think of you, right? We have social media, which is destroying lives. I mean, it's fabulous, it's fun, I love it. Um, every now and then I have to delete, delete social media because it just consumes me. Um, but we live in a world where if you do something out of the norm, you're blasted on social media. We live in a world where if you're not popular on social media or you don't get so many likes that something is wrong with us, like that's just the world we live in. And so it's harder, I would say now, than it was 20 years ago to be more fearful of God than man, but even more, it's important, right? I'm, God is asking us to follow his commands and if that leads to being a martyr, then so be it. But likely here in the United States, we're probably just gonna get teased and that's okay. All right, my kids tease me every day and uh, I'm all right. I am all right. My coworkers tease me, right? Here's the Christian therapist. If you want, if you want whatever they call it, um, therapy, she's your girl. Um, but it's all right because I have to have convictions to what God's called me to. And you have to have the same convictions that follow in line with God's word. So there's that. <laughs> so just to end this thought, just to end this thought, we shouldn't fear our persecutors, but we should have a healthy respect of God um, that makes us more concerned with obeying him than obeying man. And I think, that's enough for today. <laughs> I, I, made it, I made it sound like I was done, so you guys were cheering because you thought you were getting out of lunch, but unfortunately, I have one more point. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't gonna keep hitting that on the head. Oh my goodness, my kids are cheering for me. <laughs> and my last point, my point that I think inspires us to do the first two points is knowing that you're worth being known. Your worth being, your worth being authentically known. It's worth it. You're worth it. And so in Luke 12, six or seven, it says, what's the price for two or three pet canaries? Some lose change, right? Some lose change, right? But God never overlooks a single one. He pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on their head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You're worth that more than a million canaries. And I know every time I read this scripture, even as a little kid, um, he even knows the number of hairs on your head always blew me away because I don't know how this hasn't come up in Nate's sermon yet, but the amount of hair in our shower from my head is horrible sometimes. 
right? If you're a female in here, you just know, you get it. I don't know. What does he count it every morning? Like, I just don't, it like amazes me. <laughs> He's like, oh, Michelle's showering again. I gotta go back to it. Anyways, sidetracked. Um, but right, he cares so deeply about us is the point. Like, he cares so deeply about us that he knows how many hairs we have on our head. Um, I just realized my hairdresser's in the room and she's like, she's got a lot. Um, so, we have to pause and understand our value, right? Because the point before is we're, we don't wanna be afraid, but how do we get stuck in that cycle, right? Is because we're trying to find our value in the world around us. We're trying to find our value on social media. We're trying to find our value in work. We're trying to find our value in our community, in our church. And we don't have to find it there because God already values us so deeply, so deeply. That um, in John 3, 16, it even says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave his only son to you, got your son for you, so that you could be in relationship with him. I don't know about you, I'm fairly certain I wouldn't give my kids away to be in relationship with anybody, but he did, right? He knew that was the price to be paid and he gave it because he valued you before you were even here on this earth. God gave his only son for you. That being, and that be, by being close to him, his commands, his promises is really how we begin to know who we are, who we truly are, not the things that we do, but who we are deeply known to be. Being known to the person God created and the call that he has on your life, to truly be known is to truly know him. And I think sometimes we minimize that relationship. We forget, we, we do communion, and Donnie did a great job, and we do communion, and we talk about how he died for you, and he cares for you, and he loves you, but we forget that it wasn't just a nice thing he did, but he did it to be in a deep relationship with us. And I know for me, when I'm not in the word of God and I'm distracted by all the things I have to get done, I begin to forget the call that God has on my life and who he created me to be. Because when we truly know him, we are truly close to him. So sometimes in life, we miss the important things. We tell, oh, I messed up. Let me just move on. <laughs> My, my two points kind of went together, so it messed me up a little bit. Uh, see, look at me being authentically known. Isn't that wild in real time? <laughs> I must be a therapist where we do everything to show you in real time. <laughs> I just gave away one of your therapist tricks. You're like, wow, she went through that at the same time. Um, anyway, so... I want you to know, right? No human is going to value you in a way that God already values you. He loved you when you were, he loved you before you were famous on social media. He loved you, if any are in here, I'll like and follow later. Um, he, he loved you before, uh, he loved you before you came to this world. He loved you before you were a mess. He loved you and valued you even when you didn't do anything for him. He desires a relationship with you. He desires being close to you. He desires, um, he desires walking alongside you and helping you discover who you are because he created you. 
And he knows before you even figure it out who he's called you to be. And so all of that sounds scary, right? Like we don't wanna take off the mask and be authentic, or we say we do, but it, it, right, we're afraid and those things that we have to work through. But there's just so many benefits to taking off the mask. There's so many benefits to figuring out why we're afraid and what's holding us back. And there's so many benefits to knowing who you truly are, not in this world, but in Christ. I assure you it gives you better relationships. I have yet to have someone come into a therapy session and say, um, Nate, how do you do this? You just cough. <laughs> just kidding. I, it went away. <coughs> it didn't. I always tell them, like, I don't know how you do that every week. It's like so much work. Um, there are so many benefits, right, to taking it off. It gives you better relationships, increased creativity, deeper trust, peace in your mind, and you will have all that you need. And I, in, my, in my work, I get to see this in real time, right? As people get a healthier lifestyle and they are close, getting closer to God and they're figuring out who they are, I get to watch their marriage restored because they paused and they, they took off the mask. They were authentic who they were. They worked through the hard things Right? I get to see their family come to life again. I get to see their creativity explode where they're writing music and sending it. I get to see them trust people at a deeper level where they never trusted before. I get to watch and listen to them tell me how they slept the entire night through the night because, right? because they were authentically known by God and they found their value in Him. Proverbs 28, 13 says, he who covers, conceals his sin, will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. When we cover our sins and we hide them, we're walking out from his forgiveness, his grace, and his mercy, and I don't know about you, but I mess up a whole lot, and I don't ever want that to happen. Psalms 34, 9 says, Fear the Lord, you, godly, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all that they need. Right? Sometimes we don't have what we need because we're not simply following the commands that he's given us to follow, right? Sometimes, um, I don't wanna rag on my kids too much, but they're such great examples. Sometimes, right, my kids wonder why they can't go places, right? Because they fell out of the command of their dad and I. We had an expectation and it was not followed, which means their phone became mine. And I had to hide it real good because they're super great at finding it. And not that they do that. Um, right, but we, sometimes we forget to fear God in a healthy way and we walk out of his calling for our life, right? That can look really simple to where our depression increases and it co correlates directly with us not being in church or in a circle group, or in a community here that builds us up and helps us to walk the path that he has for us. Sometimes we don't have, we're having financial struggles, right? And we walked out of that command of tithing. We, we walked away from it, we, and God was very clear, right? Tithe, and you'll have all that you need. And so, and, and that goes for everything. That goes for everything. Um, we aren't saying, um, that we're gonna be perfect all the time, right? Because we're not. I'm not gonna be perfect all the time. I, my, I don't know, my thing, I guess, right, is I get, I would call it overstimulated, and I react, right? I raise my voice, and I react. 
and I have to immediately apologize, right? I'm sorry for screaming. And I have to immediately go through, God, help me, forgive me. God, give me more patience because holy moly, give me more patience. Um, and so we're not gonna be perfect all the time. We're not gonna do everything that we're supposed to do. Sometimes we're gonna you know, veer away from a command and then be reminded and come back. But what is the important thing is that we're always authentic about it. We are the same person at church that we are at home. We're the same person at work that we are at church. That when people see us, they know that there's something different about us, right? There's just something different about us. Um, I saw this great um, meme the other day, and it's, it was a, a meme, and it said, um, we, we have to put, God, I have to put that I'm a Christian company so people know I'm a Christian. And it was like, Jesus, obviously not really, but Jesus talking back and he said, how about you just follow my commands and then they will know. And so I thought that was kind of funny, but maybe not. I just offended someone in here with a Christian company. And <laughs> um, right? But our, the example of who we are should tell people who we follow. And so how do we walk this out practically? How, how do we do this in the day-to-day? -day? Like, I'm making it sound so easy. I gave you a few examples of being authentic here on the stage this morning. Um, but what do we do? We follow his commands. We don't have to agree. We don't have to change them. But we do have to follow them. They're in place for a reason. They are in place to keep us safe. They are in place so that we will have all that we need. They are in a place so that... God will take care of us. They're in place so that we won't have to struggle with the things that this world is struggling with. We have to get honest with ourselves. I think that's the hardest part, right? Is, is getting honest with who we are. What are we really struggling with, right? Because we just make excuses for it, right? We just, right, I, did, I mean, I did it here this morning. I get overstimulated. Like, what is that? Um, Right, we, we make excuses for ourselves. We won't even truly be known by ourselves. We walk away and ignore what is actually going on right in front of us. We have to get into a community where we can be honest. Restoration Church is, has amazing opportunities for that, right? With apple picking and with circles. I think circles is where you need to be in a community where you can be honest. And now you can go to circles and still have that mask on. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to go to circles and say, hey guys, I'm really struggling. Guys, this week, this week I, uh, I lost my cool at home. This week, I threw my coffee back at the barista. I've never done that. It's just a really out there example. Um, this week, I, um, you know, I struggle to show up to work every single day and I'm risking losing my job. I need you guys and I need your support. And that's what the circle group is for, is for us to be authentic and honest and allow people who love God and know God to speak life back into us. We have to ask for help. We need to get into God's word daily. And that can be such a struggle sometimes because the world is busy and the house is loud and work is work. Is work. But we have to slow down and get into his word because if we don't know his word, what are we following? If we don't know what he's speaking into our lives, how are we living it out practically? We need to be more, we need to be more um, coherent, I think, about what we're putting into our minds. 
right? We need worship music on. We need godly podcasts. The church has a great one behind the sermon series or behind the series. <laughs> behind the sermon. Thank you. I just started listening to it because um, I guess Nate says he knew I didn't. So it's really good. It's really good. It's super good. I guess he tells stories about me there too. So awesome. Um, but right, we need... We need to really be conscious of what we are putting in our bodies, right? We need that worship music. We need people speaking life into us. We need all of that. And then um, we, maybe we need, and this is not a personal plug, right? My schedule is full. We need to get into therapy, right? And I know that's not everyone's favorite, but we need to get ourselves into therapy if we're struggling with, with things that are helping or, or hindering us from being truly known by ourselves and by our community. And so this morning, those are, that's a long laundry list of things you can do. I'd say pick two and start there and see where it goes. Um, but today is the day that we get to just be authentically who we are. We're not perfect. We don't have it together. And we all have struggles. And it's time that we start being honest about that so that we can be truly known by God and our community and God and people in our community can truly know who God is. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much. God, that even on this stage, I get to be authentic. I get to be who I am. I get to mess up and, and, and talk about it, God, because we can be authentically who we are in you and in your church. And God, I pray this morning, anyone who's struggling, anyone who's having a hard time with addiction or really is struggling with anxiety or depression, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that they would seek help. God, that they would talk to their circle community, that they would talk to a pastor or a leader here at Restoration Church, that they would know who they are in you because they deserve to be known and they deserve to be valued. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in Restoration Church and in our lives. In your name we pray, amen.